0: Okay, welcome to another episode of the Business Accounting Podcast. Ethan here joined with Dr. Danica as our guest and uh, super pumped. Um, you know, Our goal with this podcast is to help you as a healthcare provider to build a profitable staff-driven practice that can grow whether you're there or not. So you can do the things that you want to do with who you want to do them with. And we want to bring on as many guests and opportunities for you to learn how to better do that and to uh, scale your journey to success in that. with that in mind. So with that being said, we do have Dr. Danica here. Not only is she, I mean, it's, I feel like to just say you're a dentist is completely (laughs) shortcutting the totality of, of who you are, which to me, you're only you've taken care of my oral health, but more importantly, you have probably one of the more unique practices I or our audience will ever see. Right. Um, and If there's one thing that's going to create growth and create brand and create community engagement and to build a practice, you have to be different. And if I can just brag a bit on your behalf, Dr. Danica, I don't know. It feels like your practice is something that I've never seen before and I will never see again. And because of that, that's why I love going to Dennis now. And that's why I love being a part of your experience. So first off, just thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking time.
1: Of course. Happy to be here.
0: So um, tell tell us your story. You have a startup. You have a startup practice. Mm-hmm. You're at a network. You're cash, right? And um, and when you walk into your office, and we're gonna put some overlays, fly of your practice here. You know, when people are watching right now, you, you there's a tagline that you said that you mentioned one of your videos and on your website about why you're why you're different and what your vision is for your office. Can you share that first with us?
1: Sure. So my goal with the office was to not look, smell, or feel like a dental office. And so um, the goal was when you walk in, you know, we've got a 360 aroma, the scent in the AC system. So I can choose how patients smell. And that's usually one of the first things people notice is the smell. Um, I don't want it to look like a dental office. So um, if you look at my Instagram or my website, it definitely shows we've got murals all over the place And nothing about it looks like a dental office whatsoever. Even the back, like a lot of dental offices really focus on their front room, you know, but then you get to the back and the treatment rooms still look like that sterile kind of environment. Totally, yeah. And so we took it every place you go into our office, including even like the bathrooms are just like really designed by me and my mom to make sure they don't look like a dental office. And then lastly, the feel. So just how you walk through the office, the goal was to have patients who are especially ones who are anxious walk through and just have something cool to look at at every point so they sort of are distracted by like there's never a point where they're like oh that's right i'm here to see the dentist it's like oh that's cool that's cool and even the murals on the walls in the treatment rooms give them something to look at and sort of be distracted by
0: yeah i feel like i'm in uh an art gallery slash kind of a kind of a Hyde Park, Tampa, Miami feel to it. I don't feel like I'm in a dental office. And one of the things that always drove me crazy as a kid, and I have these these little mini triggers myself, is the smell of fluoride. Right. Just that that residual smell of fluoride whenever you walk into the dental office that it's the last thing you want to experience. So I was at a, um a couple years ago, I went to a dental office locally here in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. And they were in network and we were going to take the insurance benefits, me and my wife, had Right. And so, of course, we're going to go there to get some cavities filled and get checked out. And uh, the staff, um, again, not their fault. They probably weren't trained well, you know, so they didn't really they weren't. Uh, I got like a, maybe a two and a half star experience. More like uh, I walked into a Motel 6. Right. Kind of experience. Yeah. Not a not a full roach uh, motel, but like a Motel 6. So kind of was put together the experience. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a relationship with anybody there it was very clinical. It was, um, cluttering. Um, it smelled like fluoride. Um, and I also, one thing I like as a patient, and I, and I think a lot of patients feel this way too. They like to be told like what to do. Like your next step is this, right? Like, okay, we're going to come in today. This is what we're doing. We're going to go through it. And then your next step is you're gonna come back in for this follow up. And this is a date we want to pick. Like, it's so nice to be able to just be guided. And so I'm like going to the front desk. Goes, so do you want to come back for another appointment in the next month or so? And I go, Well, I don't know. Am I supposed to? Like, what's the plan here? You know. (laughs) Well, you can if you want, but this is what we're gonna do. And and I was like, well, just tell them what to do. Well, I can't tell you what to do exactly. It's up to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go. You know. And so it's not just the feel is the experience, but it felt like, wow, this is what an in-network dentist is like. I'm gonna take my insurance. They're just gonna cut corner. It just doesn't feel like an experience yet. You create more of a a a five-star like a Ritz Carlton like a uh, just but you don't take insurance and i think that's probably to your to your advantage because it allows you to have the freedom to to not only take care of your patients the way you want to but also to invest in an experience like that so i guess for the doctors that are listening and watching how important is it to create this if you if they want to go cash or they want to go out of network whether they're a chiropractic office or dental like how important is it to create something different so people will want to pay out of pocket.
1: Um, and so one thing I just, I don't know how it works in the chiropractic world. In dentistry, we're considered, I'm considered fully fee-for-service. And so we, patients who have insurance can still use their insurance benefits. We actually file the claim for them, which is just a click of a button in yeah. seconds. And then they get reimbursed directly. So it's not that they're not getting anything back.
0: It's like a it's like an, it's they, like like super they, bill for us. Yeah,
1: exactly. For but sure. they pay my full fee up front. So in, in terms of, I guess it is cash, but... I just wanted to clarify that. Yes, you definitely, in order to make something like this work, you have to show patients whether it's the quality of your work, whether it's something that distinguishes you, you just need to distinguish yourself from the other dentists around your area, um, whether that's a specialty that you do, whether it's um, a lot of like sedation dentists, dentists who do sedation, um, therapy for service usually because not a lot of other dentists do that. Um, whether it's just an experience which is what I've sort of created Um, and so you kind of have to distinguish yourself in a really unique way because there are a lot of in-network dentists now who are like hey we provide this you know super family friendly like great quality dentistry as well you can do a lot of that being in network but being out of network or fee-for-service you really have to create um, like something that you're like, hey, please come see me. And this is why you should pay up front. Totally. Especially as a startup. Yeah. I did it as a startup with zero patients to begin with because I was military prior. So I started from ground zero and I had to be like, hey, come see me and come pay all this money, right? Um, So we, I took it from like a, how could I grab this from every single end? I have special skills that other dentists don't do. So I grabbed from that end. I also grabbed from my bedside manner and my empathy towards patients. Seem, I just really bond with patients really well so that like that um, trust that you feel is, is, I'm good with that. And so I grabbed from that end. And then on top of that, I decided let's also create this really amazing experience for patients too. So I decided to do a fee-for-service startup because I kind of grabbed from all three ends and built it into my office.
0: That makes sense, totally. So uh, if I can just share like, um what sold me outside of of you know the relationship that was built in the beginning but what sold me was the experience you didn't have to to pitch me necessarily on the value that you could provide me with with my issues right it was i was already sold the minute i walked in the process of uh, you know whether you want to call it selling converting getting patients excited to say yes like whatever word you want to use with that like right creating the transaction i i I always try to really emphasize you know if you're a fee-for-service or at a network or a cash-based office in any healthcare domain especially with chiropractic or medical the sale starts in the first five seconds in the first five minutes and everyone's trying to figure out like well how do i handle this objection when i want to you know the, the care plan for the patient to get you know two ccs of regenerative uh therapy plus prp plus exercise rehab and chiropractic and all these things it's a ten thousand dollar investment in their health how do i handle the objection when they say this at the very end and i go it doesn't even like you've already lost it at that point you you get them in the very beginning right and that's what i experienced in your office which was the first five seconds i'm like i'm wowed and the first five minutes before i even go back was just i'm looking around i'm soaking it all in and i'm already. The selling process to a degree is already starting. Right. And can you speak on, and then when you were like, here's what you got to do. And I'm like, cool, like, tell me what to do. Like, I'm already, I'm already ready to go. Right. So maybe you could speak on, you know, it doesn't seem like you really try to sell your patients on care. You are creating an experience that they're almost walking into more value than, than, they could ever imagine so why say no like right how how do you describe kind of that the transaction what you're trying to create there
1: so um it starts with the first phone call or just the first like experience and so i train my staff like that's the first thing they learn i don't even care about their skills i want to know how well can you convert a patient over the phone like how well can you explain why our office is so amazing and so different and whether like one thing that i tell my staff is even if patients still don't want to go with us Always offer to recommend another dentist that works with insurance traditionally, right? Help them out in some way. So that way, even if they have a bad experience somewhere else, then they're like, you know, that one dentist did help me and they want to come back, which has happened a few times. Oh, wow. So just just taking that extra time over the phone and being friendly, even if you're not getting the patient, uh, just taking that extra time over the phone really helps, number one. So they're happy when they come in, right? Um, number two, our check-in process is super simple and super easy. Your forms are online. It's already filled out. So that way when you come in, you're not sitting there like filling out these forms. Right. It's just right back to the chair pretty much like right when you walk in and you're ready. So that just really is kind of a nice ease and keeps the patient's anxiety level low and it's not they're not frustrated already getting back there. Right. Um, usually my first patients go through my hygienist. I know yours was a little bit different. I do have a couple emergency patients, but my hygienist is amazing. So she does a really good job of just starting it off first with an amazing experience with the cleaning. And then when I come in, we do photos, number one. So with dentistry, photos are big, right? I can sit and be like, here's this and this and this and this. But Patients don't really know what I I think of it, but they have no idea. Totally. So we have photos that we take and I, because I'm out of network, I can take that extra time and I can explain everything and I can say, this is what I'm seeing. These are your options. And usually I'll give multiple options with most scenarios if that allows. And I explain pros and cons and I keep explaining until patients fully understand and are able to pick their treatment. And I will usually give them a timeline. I'll say, hey, this can be done. This needs to be done right away. (laughs) This needs to be done in the next couple months. Um, This needs to be done, I'd say, in the next six months or like, hey, eventually let me get to it. And patients, I feel like, really appreciate that because it's not me. I, I do treatment plan a lot. And like my treatment plans are big because I'm preventative. So I warn patients, I say, hey, I know that you go to one dentist and they say it's a million things and another one, it says zero. And I go, I'm going to be closer to that million things. Yeah. But here's why. You know, you've got patients who don't want me to even look at it until it's broken, but you have patients who are also like, hey, if there's a chance that there might be an issue with it later, I want to be able to do it. And so I say I treatment plan towards them. But at the end of the day, it's your decision how much or how little you do. And they really appreciate that. So that way, when I do give something that says this needs to be done right now, they actually believe me. Totally. So it's not like everything has to be done right away. Got it. And the stuff that actually does, they will usually say yes to do.
0: That's awesome. That's great. And uh, um, it's funny, You know, spoiler alert, I'm wearing my shirt sure smiles today because of her, which is great. Uh, I had like it was I had zero problem like in my mind. You didn't have to handle any objections from me.
1: Right, right. You're an easy patient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also, I I mean, I came in on an emergency appointment for a chipped tooth with the intention. I'm just going to get my, uh, that was my intention. I walked in going, this is amazing, awesome. This whole experience is great, but I'm just coming in for getting that chipped tooth fixed. But that led into, okay, I'm going to talk business terms now. Like, that led into multiple upsells that moved me into into the whole journey of your office. Now I'm like, all of a sudden I'm fixing cavities. I'm getting my sure smile, my alignment taken care of. I'm like, I feel like I almost am proud of myself with how much responsibility I'm taking for my oral health. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to get to a point in like six, four months where I'm going to have the perfect smile and nothing going on for like the first time in my life. Right. And it's a a very good feeling. And uh, that feeling came from, um, a series of conversations that you and your staff had with me throughout the process that got me to the point where it wasn't you telling me I had to do it. Right. It was you saying, you you kind of um, enlightening, empowering me on the importance of it with this incredible experience and incredible relationships and then me seeing you guys walk the walk as well. I can, I can consciously or subconsciously see your staff have, you know, great oral health. They're a walking example of what I want to be like. And so all these factors are puzzled together to create a patient who goes, like me, like how do I move forward to the next thing? And the next thing I think that's a lot of every healthcare provider has a private practice. Is like, how do I, how do I get the patient from is this the right place for me right. to becoming a full advocate of the entire spectrum of modalities that are available to get to the end goal. And and everyone's I think practice owners struggle with what do I? do I need to have better staff answering the phone, better sales in the back, um, better flow? Do I need to have more services to offer? Do I need to, but I think my answer to the question is only kind of viscerally from my experience, which was an amazing experience. I differentiator, when I walked in here, a lot of simple yet impactful education on the importance of what it was, given options and then guided to make a decision. And then with the staff that are trained well, give good customer service and hospitality, and then also walk the walk themselves. Yes. And so all those combinations, I kind of deconstructed in my brain, like, okay, if I'm going to separate myself as a patient and watch this business at work and myself as a consumer here. And why did I go from just handle this emergency, ow, right now to going all in? And that's kind of how I broke it down in my brain. Am I totally off?
1: No. No, I think, yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: So for the new chiropractor coming out of school, I mean... They're not patients, chiropractor, dentist. You know, they're going to start up their own practice from scratch, from zero. And they now have a list of ninety-six things from this one interview. They're going to go. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to have that. I got to do this. But what was the main thing that you did as a startup with zero patient contacts, starting at zero, no patient base? You weren't buying a practice with any of that. Um, Where you're, a bit, you're big on social you're big with marketing, you're big with branding. Um, how did you get your first 10, 20, 30 patients? What was the process of that? It didn't happen, doors are open, people walk in.
1: No, no. Um, marketing was is, is very different when you're fee-for-service, when you're a startup, and there's multiple ways to go about it. But what I found worked the best was just a lot of ground marketing, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of a lot of you know, dance group. And, totally, yeah. Um, That helps. But a lot of it was my husband and my mom and I drove around the area and we handed out flyers that my mom and I made. And the other thing too is there's a lot of marketing companies that can like help you um build these you know flyers and ads and all this stuff. Um I ended up firing everybody and just doing it all myself because I'm so particular and I don't want like I look through on as I'm scrolling Instagram or TikTok or whatever, Facebook and I see all these other dental ads and I'm like, they're they're awful, right? And I'm like I would be horrified if that's what my ads look like. (laughs) So I um, took that over, and we made all of our own stuff, and we would go and we would hand it out, and people were amazed. Like, oh wow, you're the you're the dentist. Like, cool. And so I actually got a lot of patients just from that. Um, Facebook meetup groups. People like meeting the face of the person who is who's who's going to be treating them, and who's excited to treat. Well,
0: I don't mean to interrupt. This is so good. I want I want to keep this conversation going on this topic specifically because so many young doctors come out of school. Are too good to be the marketer. Right. Are too good yeah. to go out in the field. Right. And to shake hands and kiss babies and network and schedule new patients right. and generate leads and and to do all the, the boots and the groundwork. Right. They're just like, I'm a doctor. Why would I do that? Right. And then they struggle to ever launch their startup practice.
1: So I have a kind of a big opinion on that. Honestly, you see it in the dental world a lot where like if you have that mentality, your patients are going to feel that. So there's this like, I'm always right. I'm never wrong. I'm the doctor. I can never show this vulnerability. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, your emergency case. Right. Like I yeah. was like, I was like, hey, this isn't working. We're going to have to figure out something else and give me a second to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Like there's been times where I'm like, yeah, what absolutely. I was wrong. Like and I have no no pride. Like I have no problem being like, I don't know. Let me figure it out. And my patients so appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you have this, like I'm the doctor and I'm too good to do this stuff, it's going to show in your work and it's going to show to your patients. And people nowadays don't want that. They want somebody who they can, feel is real and like i uh, you know how many cavities i have in my teeth that i'm watching like you know how many times i have to tell patients that when they're like i'm so embarrassed and I'm yeah. like, you want to see my x-rays like i'm a candy fiend and so just you being like this real person yeah. makes them feel more comfortable and makes people be like wow you're somebody that i want to go and see because you're not going to shame me, right? Right. You're not going to tell me that. You're not going to make me feel bad. And so that really works with the ground marketing too, is like you're out there, you're doing this, you're showing I'm vulnerable, I am fun, and I'm inviting, come see my office. Come see why it's great.
0: Totally. It's funny, there's there's uh, all too many uh, practices we work with that are struggling to scale and grow, they're kind of like at a glass ceiling. And I say, just for three months, Spend a Saturday, every go to a couple meetings in the evening right? and a Saturday morning and just do some boots on the ground yourself. Yeah. Or just invest the payroll to get someone to do that. The Business Academy has so much training, like out hundreds of hours of training and certifications on how to do boots on the ground events. Like just fine, hire somebody, do the training yourself, get them to go out there and do it. But for God's sake, somebody needs to go out there And shake hands. And especially since COVID, I don't know if this is what you noticed when you were out there, but before before COVID, um, I would say the majority of our uh, clinics were out there doing home shows and corporate events and uh, giving back to the community and doing things very actively. And this was kind of as Social media ads and digital marketing was still kind of like, it was still developing into what it is now. And now you have an agency on every corner promising you 20 new patients a week, right? Right. (laughs) Um, And, but, uh, so, but before COVID, you could go to a health fair, a chiropractor go to a health fair and they go, and they look around, there's like four other chiropractors there. And they're like, this is such a waste of time. Or they go to a community event and there's like, the booth next to them is another chiropractor. And they're like, "Mm." hmm. or they go to a an HR manager at a large company and go, "Hey, we want to do some you know lunch and learns, and massage events for your staff, and we want to give back." And like, oh, we just had a chiropractor here like last week. Right. So that was before COVID. COVID hits, everything shuts down. Then everything opens back up, and the 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 clinics that we work with that still are out there, either with their marketers or their reps, you know, giving back to the community in some way and networking and having important meetings. Um, they're like. It's a ghost town. There's no our competition is nowhere to be found. We're the only ones at that community event. We're the only one at that networking event. Um, that attorney we've been trying to talk to that's going to give us business hasn't they the chiropractor they were working with closed down, you know, during COVID and they don't have a contact anymore. Like all these referral sources are wide open now. And so all of our 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 um our more successful docs are like, yeah, how many marketers can I hire? How much time can I spend with these these meetings? Like set up as many lunches as you can. And I I tell a lot of other docs that are kind of struggling to scale. And I'm like, just like, get it's, it's open season, like get out there. And think, ah, oh, I don't know. And I don't have time. And I'm not, I don't know about that. And no, oh, this, I have this agency that's going to get me leads instead. And I'm going, I, I kind of just kind of go, okay, well, someone else is going to take up market share and someone like Dr. Danica is going to go there, you know, from her marketplace. And she's going to go and be real with people, meet people. Uh, brand boots on the ground, and then build relationships with decision makers, with referral sources, but most importantly, you're going to do so with potential patients. So, um, is there any other uh, uh, call to action or plea that maybe you can help me make to all those amazing healthcare providers out there to to get out there and you know have boots on the ground and actually uh, serve? Don't depend on anybody else to do it for you. Right. But get out there and and just do it.
1: Yes. No, I agree. It's been one of the best things for my office is going out and doing that and just not even being your like, hi, I'm Dr. So and so. I I introduce myself as Danica, you know, and Mm -hmm. if they ask, yes, I'm the dentist. And but usually it just comes along with like the passion that I show and asking them questions. And um, that's usually what sells it, I guess, you yeah. know, is just being yourself and you're like, show how much you enjoy what you do and yes. people will want to come to see you.
0: So authenticity, yes. good communication, being approachable, not having an ego right. and just and meeting and being and, and, and being somebody you want to be around. Right. I go to your office going like, I want to be around these people. Right. 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 That's that's the cool thing. Um, OK, so then a uh, couple more questions. and I know you, uh, uh, our time is limited here, but. Uh, these are all. These are, I think, we discussed a lot of tactics and approaches to the business and approaches to your your patients and your clients with, with your with how you create a practice. But what about you know the the important part of what's in between your ears, right? Like in here is everything that's going to make or break a business from working, especially with the fear of going from being an employed uh, dentist or an employed clinician or an employed provider into striking it out on your own and launching. There's a lot of fear, self-doubt, uncertainty. It's not easy. It's a rocky ride. It it feels like two steps back, one steps forward most of the time. Um, What have you done to continuously encourage yourself when you see an empty schedule or when you got to pay the bills you weren't expecting or when you have staffing issues or when you can't find the right staff or when you have unforeseeable problems and insurmountable barriers and late nights and early mornings and seven days a week what do you what has kept you level
1: Um, okay so I'm six months into my startup now and so we opened our door six months ago um, and I I've been through it all, all of it. Like the, you know, I expected to be busier by now and I'm I'm not. And I not that I'm not doing well, believe me. I I cannot, I just expected to be way more busier. But yeah,
0: yeah, you have you have high standards.
1: Very high standards, yes. yes. <laughs> but I think even just the other week, and I was just like, you know, I would have so much more money in my bank account if I was just working for somebody else, right? But then the next day I go to my office and Even if it's two patients that day, like those two patients who just leave so happy and the work that I do is just the highest quality in Tampa, like that's that's honestly what does it for me is mostly like knowing this is mine. I can do literally whatever I want with it. I If if things aren't working, I have that ability to just change it up and, right. and fix it myself, right? Yes, it's a lot of work, but I'm the type of personality where I don't mind that work as long as I know it's mine. Um, I think the biggest thing is just knowing it's mine and it's something that I'm proud of. And the work that I do is mine and something that i'm proud of as well awesome. and i think that's really really what does it so if you can do it correctly from the beginning and keep your head above water and just start to see that little bitty bit of growth yeah that's really kind of what helps you know like you're gonna you're gonna do well
0: yeah right? and you got to see the needle move like you gotta you gotta get those wins along the way last question i have or not question just part of this wrap up here is Okay, so business, 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 headspace, 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 providers. I'm a a proponent of like, no matter where you're at in business, you have to get away, even if it's for a couple of hours or a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to get away from it. You have to recharge. You have to invest in things in yourself that will fill up your tank. Yes. So you're a dentist, you're a friend, you're a rock star. You're like, um, you're just amazing entrepreneur, business owner, <laughs> but also our connection comes from my wife and yourself. You guys are like, like competitive dancers pretty much at this stage. Right. And so like, you know, whether it's dancing or rock climbing or hiking or, um, uh, you know, I don't know, um, uh, anything, anybody can get into how important is it to get away from the business and just kind of to do something that you love totally separate from the business, even in today's 24-7 grind, if you have to work 24-7 to make this business work, how important is it that you get a way to, to dance? Others should get a way to, to rock climb or to to do the things with their family they want to do and not sacrifice their entire life for the rest of their life to be a slave of the business.
1: Um, and you're going to be a slave from the business for a little while if you're yeah. a startup, yeah. for sure. But it is really important. And I am somebody who's happy on my days off getting things done on my to-do list, right? So I'm one of those people that's like work 24-7. I've got my cell phone with me, So if any patients call, I can answer, right? I'll go in on my days off. But on those days where Jerry, my husband, forces me to like go to dance one night or go to a weekend event, like my brain shuts off and it's so nice. And I like wish on those times that I do it more. So I definitely need to work on that as well. But it is very, very important just for like a quick reset. So you're able to give 100% back when you go to work.
0: Totally. What would you, um, and, and I know this is kind of a hard question to, to, to ask, but if you were talking to a 20-year veteran into their business that just feels stuck, I know you're not in that spot. You know, you're at a different stage in your practice, right? And your kind of entrepreneur journey. But if you were talking to someone who felt stuck and, you know, they weren't changing anything with their business, you know, what would a young, you know, a young entrepreneur early in their journey inspire them to do?
1: I would say the first thing would be invest in some CE. What What is something new you can learn from a clinical standpoint? Mm. Rebranding yourself can be time-consuming and difficult and not super fun, especially like very, very not fun. As we're all clinicians, right? So like we are practitioners. And so what what, what we enjoy doing is learning new skills and treating patients. So if you can learn something and invest in something new to bring into your practice, that can be kind of the starting point of like that rebranding where you're still enjoying it and you're still doing what you do and what you love. Yeah. And then from there, kind of start how, what do I not like about my office? Is it the patients? Is it what I do? Is it the office itself? Is it the environment? And once you've kind of brought some of that joy back to yourself, then start looking at those and saying, OK, which one do I want to start with? What is it? My patients. All right. Well, screw it. Let's go out and network and get some good patients. in, yeah. Right? yeah. Or is it my staff? OK, well, get some new staff or retrain them. Right. Totally. So I think that the first thing is to make yourself happy and build in some new clinical, I guess in dentistry, we call it, you know, clinical skills. Totally. And um, and then from there. Okay, I'm now I'm happy I've got spark. What's next? What do I want to do?
0: That's awesome. And then uh, what would you tell the average healthcare provider that owns your own practice? The importance of learning business skills. You invested a lot in yourself to not just learn clinical. Yes. But how to run a business. How important is it to invest in that side of
1: Oh, my gosh. So important. And I wish I would have done that. I I mean, I listened to a ton of podcasts. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really go to many seminars. and I'm kind of learning as I go. Luckily, I've listened to enough to have it figured out, but I'm still figuring out along the way. And it would have made it a lot easier to have somebody like you guys, you know, to kind of help from the beginning to start off with those skills. But yes, super important because if all you know is how to be a chiropractor or how to be a dentist, which a lot of people, that's what they do then, you know, maybe owning isn't the best idea because you start to, I don't know how to market. I don't know how to do social media. I don't know how to train staff. I don't know how to run my front desk. I don't even know what insurance is, (laughs) correct? Totally. So it is important to learn all that.
0: Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Well, uh, with that being said, Thank you, not only for taking care of me. Of course. But thank you for taking care of your community and sharing your insights. I hope this is a part one of many more conversations. Yes, we had thank,
1: thank you for guys. having me on.
0: And thank you for joining us, everybody. For uh, more content just like this, you can follow us on everywhere on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, here on YouTube, as well as Spotify, anywhere you guys can find podcasts. And we look forward to seeing you guys for another episode. Thanks again, Dr. Danica. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks.